This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, let me stop playing. Congrats to Wes Unsolved Jr. for getting the Wizards job. His dad was the coach in the late 80s, early 90s. And of course, he's arguably the most important player in franchise history. I would say he is the most important player in franchise history. I mean, come on, he won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year. That's legendary. And he got us our only title, which was in 1978. So his dad is a legend. Well, Junior, he just rolls up the ranks. News to me that the Mystics, he worked with the Mystics in 1998 as an advanced scout and assistant coach. That's crazy. Wow. And then he went on to eventually uh, be an assistant with the Wizards during the um, Arenas era, during the the peak and then the unfortunate end of the Gilbert Arenas era. So he was assistant coach for that. I think he was with the Magic and maybe one other team. And then he was just with the Nuggets. And you saw they made it to the conference finals last year. And then this year, yeah, they got swept. But that's mostly because they ain't had Jamal Murray. Um, They got swept, but Jokic was MVP. So, you know, he's back home. I'm excited. I'm just optimistic that we'll go to new heights with Wes Unsell Jr. Sure, things didn't go well when his dad was coaching, but that was back in the day. They didn't have any superstars like Westbrook and Beal. Wes Unsell Jr. got Westbrook and Beal. And you already know, with Westbrook and Beal, anything's possible. Could I get an amen? Man, we gonna be all right, man. We we gonna be alright. I'm telling you, we gonna be just fine. We gonna be just fine. Also, I'm sitting up here watching Houston uh, Astros versus the White Sox. I guess two of the better teams in the AL, uh, because the Red Sox and Yankees is delayed. And also, I decided to fade the Nationals game tonight. I got tickets in anticipation for Scherzer pitching. Then I tried to list them on StubHub. No one bought them. So I got stuck with the tickets, but decided not to go. So I'm just sitting up here in the basement doing a show instead of being at the Nationals versus Padres part two. Well, I might as well go into this since I'm already talking about the Nationals. The Nationals... Or trash again. But honestly, is it really their fault? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. It, it kind of is. <laughs> it just shows that we don't really have any depth. Because you look at it. We have no Strasburg. No Starling Castro. No Swarver. No Jan Gomes. No Alex Avila. Those are two starting catchers, right? The last two guys I mentioned. Schwarber had that amazing streak where he was the player of the month in June, and then the Dodgers series came. Well, he already had a knee thing. He got the knee thing against the Mets, I believe. He was against the Mets, and I think his knee, he did something to his knee, and then it just kept bothering him, and then it just, the Dodgers series, it just, I guess it just got out of hand, and he's been out ever since. This is just great. 
This is just great. And now we got Mickey Mouse lineups. Dog. We got we got a 37-year-old catcher, uh, Renee Rivera, who's been pretty much a journeyman minor leaguer. I mean, I, I it's cool he's getting his opportunity. Man, what happened to Jonathan Lucroy? What whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So we're starting Escobar, who's mostly in the minors, but he's he's been he's been playing pretty well. He's been he's been solid. So okay. Okay. So we got him playing and all these people, but no Carter Keyboom. One of our big prospects that's supposed to be a third baseman. Still in the minors. Still hasn't come up. This was perfect for him. Especially with Starling Castro out. He's not coming back. We got Gerardo Parra. He's playing. He's playing um, significant innings. He got significant time on the field. And also, yeah, he's splitting time with Robles. And both of these guys are just shaky. It's just Mickey Mouse lineups. Bro, after freaking Soto and Turner, we just got to hope and pray that those guys show up ready to play. Because if not, oh God. Oh my God. And then what about yesterday? Now, this is ridiculous. 24 to 8. This was another, this was the game I was really originally supposed to go to. Because the plan, because I wanted to see Tatis Jr. in person. I could have been watching him tonight. But I decided, nah, I want to see Scherzer versus Tatis. That's the matchup I want to see. Because I was supposed to be in Columbus. So that got canceled. So I was like, cool. So I'll be here the entire weekend. So cool. Okay. The series happened in San Diego. I take it personal. And I'm like, oh, I want to see Scherzer get these guys back. I'm anticipating Saturday. I look at the, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm stalking the probable pitchers page. And Davey was being a dick and didn't put out the probable pitchers until Thursday night. And what happens? Scherzer's pitching on Sunday. Now, if he wasn't pitching in this series, I probably would be at the game right now. But he's pitching on Sunday. I was like, okay, let me try to get these joints on StubHub. I served them joints up real cheap. Sell them joints real cheap. No one bought them. And now I'm just, I just got these waste of money tickets on my hand. Whatever, though. Whatever, though. We'll be there tomorrow. Should be no rain delay. Slit. But back to the, back to the Friday night game. 24 to 8. San Diego scored in every inning except the seventh inning. You have got to be kidding. No one really showed up to play except Juan Soto and Turner, of course. Of course. (laughs) Of course. What did you expect? Juan Soto was four for five, four RBIs. He had a home run. He had a big home run. Yeah, he had two home runs. No, wait. Yeah, he had two home runs. He had two home runs. He had a three-run homer, and then he had a one uh, a solo shot, which I, I saw on TV, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. But still, bro, 
By that time, by the time he hit that solo shot, it was 19 to 5. How, bruh? How? How do you let their first baseman hit for the cycle? I don't understand. Trash. Just trash. I'm glad I didn't go see that crap. I would have been pissed. And I probably would have left after the little... What's-the-name guy hit for the dang cycle. As soon as he did that, would have left. You got to be kidding. That's okay, though. That's okay. We coming back. Dog, Eric Fetty, six runs given up in one inning. Are you kidding? 1.1 innings pitch, six runs given up. Whose mans is this? Eric Fetty, I guess Eric Fetty was doing decent, but this game, he was loafing. He was loafing. You have got to be kidding. Oh, and check this, though. So the Nats have now lost 10 of 12. Remember, remember I was, um, when you, when you hear 101, episode 101, it's going to be set on that Sunday that we went against the Giants. We went against the Giants and we were losing and we had already lost the first two games. It's close to winning the first one. The second one, we never had a chance. And then the third one, I mean, they just kept us at arm's distance. Like, we just, it was a quick sweep. And the Giants beat us in these city uniforms, and they were looking like Oregon State. Damn! So, they killed us. And now, see, after the Rays, after we beat the Rays twice, and we all ha ha key keying and celebrating, having good times. There was hope. And then it just the hammer came down. Like back then, we were two games back in New York, and it looked like, okay, we're gonna catch them. We definitely won't catch them. Fast forward, fast forward three weeks later, fast forward three weeks later, and the Nationals are six games back of the Mets, and they're back in fourth place. They pretty much back where they where they started before. Kyle Schwarber lost his mind, and we won all those games. Great. So this this is what we're going to be doing? Are you serious? Are you kidding? Oh, boy. More than half of our games remaining are against division opponents. So hopefully we can feast on the division a little bit. We've done... We've done okay against the division. Actually, we've done well against the division. Except the Braves. I don't know what we're what we be doing against the Braves. I don't know why we keep losing to them. But against the Phillies, the Mets, the Marlins, we've done pretty well. Uh we've only lost twice to the Marlins. Uh, we just won three out of four against the Mets. So I think we got I think we got the lead on that one. The Marlins were six and two against the Marlins. Right? No, five and two. We're five and two against the Marlins. And the Phillies, I gotta check on this. But we just beat them in a two game series. Easily. And we play them next week. And I will be I will be at one of the games. No, it's not next week. It's a week and a half from now. I'll be in Philly for one of the games. So hopefully we win that game. And hopefully Scherzer is pitching. Uh we'll see. But the Nats are loafing. And they're becoming hard to watch. It's a combination of injuries and 
inconsistent pitching. A team, a team that is focused on pitching, they haven't been pitching well. Like, ain't no way in hell you should give up an eight nothing lead. I don't care if you're on the road against arguably the second best team in the league. You shouldn't be giving up no eight nothing lead. You shouldn't be losing. 24 to 8 in your major league baseball team. You have got to be kidding. But that's okay. We'll be fine. Lost five in a row. And right now. Oh my God. I'm looking at the standings. Everyone has lost a game recently except Miami. But I'm not expecting much from Miami. And they're losing literally right now against the Phillies 2 nothing. And they that's who we got next. We Oh, they got to get this work. We got to kill Miami. When they come here on Monday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe, before we uh, do that Beltway series with the Orioles, oh, my God. If we don't crush Miami and Baltimore next week, like, what are we doing? Baltimore is one of the worst teams in the league, and we're better than Miami. Like, come on. And, and look at this. Look at this. San Diego's up 2-1 against the Nationals right now. Oh, my God. I would have been upset. I would have been upset if I was there to watch that. And matter of fact, by the time I put out this episode, the game be over. Oh, Fernando Tatis is batting right now while I'm missing it. And he's already one for one. Damn. Whatever, whatever. I'll be there. Patrick Corbin on the mound. It looks like uh, he's having a nah, mad game. I'm telling you, our pitchers are just loafing right now. And if they don't get it together soon, we won't even sniff the playoffs. We won't even need a September run because we'll be out of it. So hopefully they quit playing. The inconsistency of this team is really annoying. All right, so before I get into the NBA Finals, there's a, there's a GOAT-level principle. They're the one I forgot. See, damn, Brian Goodwin just got a hit. He's a former national. Boy, we could use him right now. But we let him go. We let him go. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> he got a beard and dreads. He didn't have none of that. He didn't have none of that when he was in D.C. Wow. Anyway, forgotten goal level principle. The one I forgot in episode 101 was challenge yourself. That's the one I forgot. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to... Do things the hard way, make you better. That's why, you know, I'm so proud of the all-out mayhem hat I got from Orange Theory. Because, you know, I did four of those really hard workouts from them. And, you know, I came out better. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I don't do enough of. I don't challenge myself enough. You're the greatest of all time. You should be able to welcome any challenge, any type of adversity. You know, when <laughs> when the stakes are high, when the level is raised, you should be ready to rock. You know what I'm saying? That's why when when I first created the brand, you know, that's when I, I started, you know, playing on all Madden, playing on Superstar and Hall of Fame and 2K. Just little stuff like that. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself and make yourself better or to go after what you really want. Hey, that's just part of the GOAT level mindset and, and GOAT level lifestyle. Yeah, that's the one I forgot. Don't forget to to challenge yourself, even if it's something small. Or even if it's something big, like it's something like you've been afraid to do for the longest time. Go ahead and 
try to attack that or come up with a plan to attack it. And boom, you know, there you go. It's part it, that and attack fear comes together pretty nicely. They work together pretty well. You gotta love the goal level principles. I gotta push that more. I gotta push that more. Now to the NBA final. See, game five is tonight. But I'm not gonna be around because I'm gonna be chasing lift money. Of course. See, this time of my life when it's fast money lift driving, I will fade a lot of stuff just to get I'm fading the baseball game. That's one of the reasons why I'm fading the baseball game. I probably would have I probably would have went if, you know, it wasn't going to be a thunderstorm or the lift money wasn't on the line. But you know, I saw that and then Scherzer isn't pitching. I said screw it. But I'm going to fade game 5 and just watch the highlights, but rest assure you I will definitely watch I will definitely watch game 6. For sure. I'm going to make sure I ain't doing anything for that. In game seven, I hope there's a game seven. I will definitely, right after kickball, I'm going to go straight to the house and watch it. But anyway, the Bucks tied it up. I had a feeling that they were going to come back strong. Because that's what they've been doing the entire playoffs. So they destroyed Miami. Forget that. Oh, yeah, I talk about that. They were just a better team. And they was mad about last year. So then, Brooklyn, they got down 2-0. And everyone was saying, including me, this series is over in five, maybe six. Uh, but a part of me was saying that this is a good team and they can battle back. But what, what we didn't foresee was Kyrie getting hurt and James Harden being a shell of himself. And then they went seven, and they outlasted the Nets. And then against the Hawks, they lose game one. And it's like, oh, crap, they might lose. But then they proved to be the better team and deeper team. And now they're in the finals. Everyone was thinking, oh, maybe Suns in four, Suns in five, after the Suns won game two. I was like, ain't no way the Bucs come all this way just to lose in the finals in four or five. They're going to come home. Their fans are going to be pumped. And they're going to battle back. And they've only lost one home game all playoffs. And what did they do? They defended home court. To be honest, man, that um, game three, it was a close game. I was surprised how close it was deep into the third quarter. And then the Bucs just took off. And they just straight ran the Suns out of the building late in the third quarter. And into the fourth. And Giannis was just unstoppable. Another 40 and 10 game. Uh, Then. Game four. I was watching game four. I was watching game four. Kind of (laughs) halfway. Paid attention. uh, First half. Second half. uh, Devin Booker got into foul trouble. Some questionable calls on both sides. But it's the NBA. I mean it's tough to officiate. Some flops. You, you You know how the NBA goes. And it just looked like, and Devin Booker was on one. I mean, he had 10 points in game three. Did you really think he wasn't going to come back killing? Duh, he had like 30-something after three quarters. Like, the guy was on one. 
he was not going to be stopped. But the foul trouble, the foul trouble is what slowed him down. This is how the game was called. This is how the game was called. And Chris Paul only having eight points, that, that was weird. Uh, especially the way he's been playing in this playoffs, especially how to end the, the Clippers series and then how he um started the finals. See him go out like that in game four is crazy. But I am thankful that it's a series. Um, The Bucks made some really good defensive plays. Like Giannis with the block and, and the steal on Aiton. Like, man. Um, Thing about the Suns, what was keeping them in the game is just, well, they some defensive plays they made too. And, you know, Cam Johnson hitting some big shots. Crowder had 15. And he he made some good defense. He always played good defense. So it's like, man, it looked like the Suns could possibly steal game four. And then Chris Middleton came in there late in the midnight hour. I don't know if I had that clip. But late in the midnight hour, Chris Middleton showed up and was the man. He had 40. Listen, like once I saw him like have two 20-point quarters against the Hawks, you should have known. Like You never know. Well, okay. You should have known he was going to show up and show out eventually. And that's what he did. He had 40 points on 30-something shots, but... The five to seven points he scored at the end of the game were crucial, and it put and it put it away. Oh, oh, and Chris Paul had a, a key turnover too. It's just that when Middleton is playing like that, the Bucks are damn near unstoppable. But can he? But can he play like that in Game Five and Game Six? That is the key. That is the key. I mean, I think he will, though. He has proven that he can step up when the lights are bright and the pressure is on. Oh, and DC United just gave up a goal in Philadelphia. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're loafing. I mean, but it's DC United. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh boy. Outside of Rooney, they don't be doing nothing. Oh my God, PJ Tucker has zero points. And took one shot in 29 minutes. They didn't really need him to do anything on offense. It was defense where he shined. Oh, and Pat Connington, Pat Connaughton, three for seven from three. He had a key three in the uh, fourth quarter too. I just love his hustle and his grit, and that that has been key in this series. Uh, Giannis another 26 and 14 and eight, three steals, two blocks. Man, good lord, damn. <laughs> Drew Holiday with four for 20, and they still won. Oh, my God. If he get going, the Bucks will be the champs. If you get Holiday, Middleton, and Antetokounmpo going, Giannis is over. It's over. They're going to win the series in six. But ultimately, you know, after looking at things and evaluating things, I think it's going to be Bucks in seven. I originally had Suns and six, but I think it's gonna be Bucks and seven. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. 
But I think Bucks in seven right now. I'm just interested to see what happens. Okay, one thing I forgot about the Nationals. Uh, speaking of the Nationals, Starlin Castro, him being out. The reason why he's out is because of domestic violence. He was sat out a game or two last month. I didn't even notice. And it was a family issue. I guess it was the, the domestic violence thing. So apparently he's caught up with that and he's been put on administrative leave just like Trevor Bauer. And now I don't know who the hell we got starting <laughs> in his place right now. I'm looking at it. Oh, my God. So Ryan Zimmerman's at first base. Jody Mercer. That's one of the guys that's part of the Mickey Mouse uh, lineup we we put out there. Um, he's not doing too bad. Like, Jody Mercer is decent. But he's not. He's barely a big leaguer, though. Just Starlin Castro with the domestic violence thing. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. But, but what happened, though? We, we got to figure out what happened. And, you know, I just hope he didn't harm his kids or hit his wife. And I hope everything's okay over there. It's just unfortunate. It just comes at a time where we don't have a lot of death. And he gets caught up in, in domestic violence. It's just crazy to me, man. You got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. But staying with baseball, the MLB All-Star game was all right. It was okay. How I saw it was Vladimir Guerrero hit a big home run that kind of put it out of reach. Well, not really. Like It was 5-1. And I think AL scored more one more run. And then what was frustrating was the NL loaded the bases in the seventh and the eighth inning, and they only got one run out of those two innings. No wonder the AL has won eight straight, and I think 21 of 23. How? Like, that's crazy to me. I mean, at this point, you might as well mix up the teams like the NBA been be doing. I mean, because the Western Conference won most of the All-Star games. Until they switched it up. The NHL, they switch it up. The MLB might as well do it too. But the thing about that is, um, think about that weekend, not weekend, you you know MLB All-Star don't really have a weekend like that. They had the home run derby and the home run derby was fire. The home run derby was fire. Well, see, once once it was announced that Soto was going against Otani, oh, I was very interested in that. I don't know why I decided to fade lift that night, but I was like, okay, since I'm fading lift, I might as well sit up here and watch the All-Star game, the home run derby. And, you know, Soto versus Otani is must-see TV, two of the best young stars in the game, and, of course, you know, the best player on the Nationals. That thing was box office. That was some great TV. That was everything I'd hoped for and more. That I, It was way better than advertised. I was hoping it was going to be a good battle and Soto came out on top. Man, not only did they, they tied once and they, then they tied twice and then they had a swing off where they had three swings and Soto outlasted them because he went three for three and Otani missed his first swing. So... That was a battle for the ages. 
that was like Jordan versus Wilkins. And <laughs> all that just for Pete Alonso to win again. See, Pete Alonso, because he he took out Soto, which I was kind of mad about that because I don't like the Mets. So I was a little upset that he was the one that beat Soto. But as I was watching it, Pete Alonso was just made for the home run derby. He took it the most serious. I mean, he was out there meditating and stuff. I thought he was taking it too seriously and was going to choke. And I was wrong. And he straight up dominated. Even Trey Mancini, oh, man, he's a great story. You know, beat cancer and made it to the finals in the home run derby. You know, I was hoping for Soto versus Mancini. But it didn't happen that way. Uh, Pete Alonso straight up dominated. He had 35 in the the first round. That's insane. Like, I wish I, I wish Soto would have upset him. But he, he's not as good as Pete Alonso at, at home run derby. But seriously, though, I'm proud of the way Soto battled and beat the most popular guy in the home run derby. It See, when that was happening, the All-Star crowd, every time Otani hit a home run, they went crazy. When Soto was hitting a home run, crickets. I'm not even joking. Go back and look at the tape. Go back and look at the tape. Every time Soto hit a home run, crickets. Every time Otani hit a home run, wild cheers. Party time. I'm so glad Soto beat him. But, you know, these guys are the present and the future. And I hope there's an Angels versus Nationals World Series because it would be wildly entertaining. And I I would definitely, I want to say I would pay to see that. But the last time I tried to pay for a World Series game, God damn it, it was my entire paycheck. But I didn't go. I didn't go. So it didn't matter. It was going to be my entire paycheck if I would have went to the World Series game. $800. At least. At least. Whatever, man. I I was happy with what I saw, and it was fun to watch. I wanted the NL to win the All-Star game, but it didn't happen. The Celebrity game watched like two innings of that. No one was playing defense. Lauren Chamberlain got a gift. She she damn near popped up to Jenny Finch. But... um, the person in the outfield dropped it, so she got a little lucky. I didn't watch the rest of it. It, I, I guess, man, because the, the celebrity softball game. When I watched it in DC, it got boring. Got the like after like two innings anyway, because no one know what they doing. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? It got a little whack. The only the only thing about DC though, the DC celebrity game. Shaq stole the show and ran with it. But in this one, you know, I, you know, it was Quavo. Quavo was like that. Quavo in every celebrity all-star game, like, he he's basically what I would be if I was a celebrity. Like, I'd be in all these all-star games, especially anything to do with basketball. You already know. All right, let's get into some quick takes. Team USA is loafing. And now they got a COVID problem. Bradley Bill is in COVID protocol and will not leave the States and will not be in the Olympics. They replace him with Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. Wow. Just wow. 
it sounds preposterous when you actually think about it. When you actually, when you look at it at first glance. When you look at it at first glance, it sounds ridiculous. But then when you think about it, it's like, okay, they need a big. They probably could use another wing. Okay, whatever. Are we just going to have to go with it? Of course I wanted Trey. Everyone wanted Trey Young. You see what he did in the playoffs? He went off. Everyone wanted Trey Young. I definitely wanted Trey Young because he is the man. He is the man, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, It just made sense. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, they got Dame Lillard. Him and Dame, like, can they play side by side? Zach Levine, can they play side by side? I don't know. But I still would have loved to see it. And I was thinking, you know, maybe Zion would be the other replacement for Kevin Love. That would have been perfect. He's he's better than Kevin Love at this point. He can't shoot like Kevin Love. But he definitely is better at scoring, better at defense. I would have loved to see it. No Zion, no Trey Young. Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. Okay. If they fit well, and I think Keldon Johnson played with the Spurs. Popovich is the coach. Makes sense. Okay, whatever. I, I just hope they put on for our country and we get this gold medal, but it ain't looking good. And the lost two exhibition games, going through a COVID issue, and we just threw two people on the team that are barely starters at best. So, oh my God. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, wow. White Sox hit a home run. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Liz Cambage. If you listen to this show closely, you know how I feel about Liz Cambage. That is my girl. Huge crush on her. And her popularity is, is rising, and a lot more guys are having crushes on her. She's beautiful. She's 6'8", but she bad. Don't look at her Instagram because it is just, it is just drop your jaw, sweating, on fire type of stuff. But the reason why I'm talking about her in this show is she's not going to play for Australia in the Olympics. Now, it's two sides to this though. She says that she needs to focus on her mental health and anxiety and depression and stuff. She has talked about that before. So it's it's probably a real issue in her life. Uh, Whatever she's going through with that. I I don't know what's the cause of it, but it's, it's in her life and I know how it is. I know how it is, trust me. But on the other side, there's a report that she got into it with coaches and teammates. I think even, I don't know if it was one of the coaches or one of the uh, administrative people for the Australian national team. They were like, at her best, she's one of the best players in the world and she is the most important player on our team. Stuff like that. Our best, Basically, our best chance to win the Olympics. But then the guy said, at worst, she is a miserable teammate. 
and is toxic. I'm paraphrasing. So I'm like, so when I see that and then I see uh, the comments on the Twitter thread from Australian fans who basically telling her good riddance. You are cancer. You are annoying. You are diva. All that stuff. They just think, you know, she has a big attitude problem and she thinks she's bigger than the team. So they are happy to see her go. I don't know what what to believe here. You know, I sent for Liz Cambage. So I I really want to take her word for it that, you know, she's going through mental health uh, crisis and she really needs to be in a space where she can manage her mental health and anxiety and stuff. She wants to be able to manage that in the right way and be in a space where she is right mentally and emotionally so she can perform at her best. Also, she might be a diva and a brat that needs an attitude adjustment. I don't know what it is. I truly believe it might be in the middle. Like, she, you know, has these... uh, mental health issues and she takes it out on other people that's not good either I think that's probably it that she can be tough to deal with because of that but I think at the core she's she's a great she's a great woman you know she's great probably great to be around I assume now I'm assuming I don't really know her but I'm assuming that, you know, she's cool and fun to be around. It's just that sometimes she ain't all there mentally. That's just, and sometimes the people she love got to bear that. Got to um, be on the wrong end of that, if I say this correctly. You know, I just hope, you know, everything's all right with her and she gets a chance to, you know, self-care and address her her mental health during these Olympics and be ready to rock for the aces when the time is right. Now, Dwayne Haskins. So he, so it came out. I'm not laughing. I swear to God, this is awful. Like his wife, well, his wife now, I think they're engaged or they might be married. I'm not sure. Hit him in the jaw and knocked out one of his teeth and split his lip. Wow. That just tells me they got in a real big argument they got in an argument over being not being together at a club in Las Vegas. Wow. Wow, they they love they love to spend money, don't they? But anyway, got into an altercation. I don't think Dwayne Has Dwayne Haskins didn't want to hit her. I'm pretty sure he showed a lot of restraint and the girl just took advantage and just socked him. So she got arrested for domestic violence and assault and stuff like that. And it just started the conversation about how we treat domestic violence as men when the, the, the victims are men. We're so used to the victims being women, but where is that same energy for men? Because society is like, oh, women are weak, men are strong. So you shouldn't be letting domestic violence happen because you're a man, you know, you're supposed to be all strong and tough and stuff. But... It happens, though. Like, women can be the aggressors in domestic violence, and that situation shed light on that. But, man, there's more. Just when we were starting the conversation about domestic violence 
and men being victims, it comes out that the Wayne Haskins around the same time period paid an IG chick $20,000. I guess to have sex with her or relations with her. I don't know. What the heck? What What the heck? What, what in the world? <laughs> what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? <laughs> he is a sitcom on his own. Now, that's the funny part. Like, why would we do, why would you do that? You got caught creeping and tricking. And, you know, the IG model, a uh, model loosely term. See, <laughs> she exposed text message and video of Dwayne Haskins uh, asking for $20,000 back. It, he actually paid her more than that. But they came to a $20,000 agreement somehow. And she didn't get the money back and instead decided to expose all the text. She deleted that stuff. But, oh, wow. Wow. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. I, why? $20,000 for you to step aside and get something on, you know, on the low like that from an IG model who's probably bad. Well, she is bad. The little bit of pictures I've seen, she bad. Wow. Come on, man. The decision making with this guy is questionable and it's just head scratching. But still, the point still remains domestic violence is bad, men or women. That point still remains, but Dwayne Haskins be loafing. Okay, Richard Sherman. Oh, Richard Sherman. So so he had his own type of, like, episode where, I don't know, he's driving fast on the highway. I think he was on a high-speed chase, crashed into some things, tried to break into his father-in-law's house. Like, it's it's insane. It's insane. And looking at the video, <laughs> come through, right? Come through. He's busting through the door and father-in-law had a pepper spray and a gun. He was ready for combat. Insane, man. It's just... And he got arrested. And when you first hear the, the headline, burglary, domestic violence, you think it's something with his wife and kids. Automatically, that's what you think. But no, it's just he went into a drunken rage and tried to escape the police and the canine bit him. I don't like dogs like that. One of my fears is a dog attacking me like that. I, I would stop as soon as I see the canine. But he was drunk. He probably didn't care. So what? I just want to know why. why. What caused him to drink like that? What is he going through to make him basically reach a point where he just straight lost his mind and could have lost his life. If his father-in-law felt any type of threatened, I don't think he probably wasn't going to shoot the guy, but he could have. If he felt threatened enough, he would have shot him. And then we, we RIP Richard Sherman. I just hope, man, I think this is this is rock bottom for him. They're trying to charge him with, with a whole, whole lot of stuff. 
you know, hopefully he gets the help he need and whatever he's going through, mental health comes up again. He's going through something that caused him to drink and go out of control. And you know what I'm saying? We talk a lot about him being smart and an upstanding good guy, articulate and all that. We talk about that, but you forget that he can get emotional. Clap back with Skip, the clap back with Revis. The thing with Tom Brady, the thing with the post-game press conference with 49ers, he can get emotional sometimes. And that was, and then you mix that with alcohol. Ooh. Tough day for him. But I just really hope that he gets the help he need and whatever's going on through his life right now. I just hope he gets through it. I just hope he gets through it and be the best person that he can be for his kids, his wife, and his whatever organization he gets picked up by. Uh, He's too talented to not get picked up. He's a free agent right now. It's just tough, man. I I just hope, you know, he he addressed those, those mental health issues just like Liz, just like Lizzie, just like Lizzie. I just hope. He addressed those issues. Uh, Let's see. Mikey Henderson was the third person involved with the whole, uh, what you call that thing? The thing with, um, oh my God, Trajan Bridges and the other running back that I forgot his name already. Man, all those guys did like a robbery in, in some Norman apartment, pistol whipped the guy, robbed him. Now they're in big trouble. They're all kicked off the team. I didn't know Mikey Henderson was involved. Mikey Henderson and the the other running back and Trajan Bridges, man, they were key contributors. Well, they weren't freaking Marvin Mims or freaking uh, Spencer Rattler type of contributors, but they contributed, and you saw them on the field, and they were talented, and they were expected to play a role this year. But it's just they did something dumb, and now they're just off the team. I mean, Mikey Henderson, wow. I I just didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. But it's okay. I mean, just hopefully, you know, those guys rebound and, you know, do something positive in their lives and move past this and make this a lesson learned. But this is just bad, man. People making bad choices, and that's what happens. You you suffer the consequences. It, it, you know, that's that's what happens. It's just a shame because we just all saw the potential of Mikey Henderson, Trajan Bridges, and you know the other guy. I can't remember name. Why can't I remember names at a time like this? This is why preparation is key. Don't worry, I'll get better at that. Trust. All right. Okay. Two more. Two more. Natasha Hastings was looking good, 400. She just had a kid recently. I followed her on Snapchat and Instagram before she had the kid. And, you know, I really liked her then. Um, Yeah, she just shows that she is still the, she's still a a model professional, still killing it. Uh, In the Olympic trials, she made it to the semifinals. And came in last. I was like, dang. See, when I saw her win her heat at the Moretta, Moretta, Georgia 
Stars and Stripes, uh, Track and Field Classic. When I saw her win her heat, I was proud. I was like, okay, okay, she's still doing her thing. She's still doing her thing. I missed the finals. She she came in fourth in the finals. Uh, apparently, she came in fourth in the two hundred. So she's still one of the one of the top, you know, four hundred meter, two hundred meter sprinters in the world. Still, kid and everything. 30s and everything. So she's cool, man. I'm interested to see what she does from here. She didn't make the Olympics. She just missed it, which is crazy because she ran. Um, okay, in the trials, she ran like a 53. She ran a 53. And that's like one of her worst times this year. Like, what? What? <laughs> I'm not I'm not laughing. I swear to God, it's not funny. It's not funny. But seriously though, what the heck, bro? It's just I'm pretty sure she was disappointed too. You know, I'm sure she she wanted to make the Olympics. I'm looking at it. Okay, okay. She ran a 52-35 in the semifinals of the 400 meters. That is literally her that is her third worst time this year. So, you know, it just didn't happen. I, dog, if she ran, she ran a 51.45 at the UT, USATF showcase. She ran a 51.45. If she did that, she might have squeaked in the finals with that time. But... I say all this to say she's killing it. She's doing her thing. And, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? Congrats to her for, you know, doing well this season. I'm sure she wanted to make the Olympics, but but fell just short. So, Jeff Van Gundy, Devin Booker. Oh, my God. <laughs> In game two, it was either game one or game two. It might have been game three. No, it was game two. It was game two. Jeff Van Gundy. I caught Jeff Van Gundy saying, uh, Devin Booker looks like a choir boy, but is playing like a hoodlum right now. And I was like, whoa, that is cringeworthy. And I made a little tweet about it where I had the gif with, um, what, what is his name? Boozy saying, come on, man, come on. Like like I said earlier with Sterling, Sterling Castro, come on, man, come on. Bruh, it was cringeworthy. It was very, I'm not going to call them racist, but it was very insensitive. And I was like, come on, man. You better than that. You can't say nothing like that. Come on now. And of course, the tweet got some action. You know, the, the tweet got some interaction and engagement. At first, it was, you know, people liking and agreeing with me and then I start getting comments like I'm paraphrasing you soft it's not racist stuff like that and I'm like I never said it was racist it was just I just was like I was just making a funny meme or gif because it was questionable it was a little it was towing the line it was like okay you better watch it I ain't say it was, I wasn't calling him racist. I wasn't calling for his job. Y'all just jumping to conclusions. That's all. 
I guess that's all people do these days, man. Just you got one side saying everything's racist and another side saying you're racist for saying everything is racist. Like, yeah, now I got caught in the middle of that. I don't got time for none of that. Okay, I don't got time to be dealing with that. So I ain't respond. But I'm responding now. Like, I ain't say none of that stuff. I'm just saying, you just got to watch it, man. Because, you know, it's it's borderline offensive. Like, borderline. He could have said some worse things, but it's borderline offensive. Because it's just, because black people, I think Booker is mixed. He is, he is, he is. Because black people deal with the, the thug and hoodlum uh, stereotypes all the time. We've seen that a lot. Some people do play to that stereotype, but it's just not the majority. And I guess most logical people know that. Even Jeff Van Gundy knows that. I know he didn't mean no harm, but come on, man. You just got to watch it, especially this, this day and age. You saw what happened with Rachel Nichols. Well, nothing's going to happen to Jeff Van Gundy because no one really cared like that. It was just, uh, I guess some people on Twitter... And maybe on some other social media platforms. But no no one's really calling for his job. And he didn't apologize. So I guess everyone just let it slide. But he just got to watch stuff like that. Because it's just... It's just... It's a little insensitive. So now it's time for... The hypothetical game of the episode. Well... a hypothetical game of the episode since this is kind of thrown together last minute I was going to do Arizona Wildcats versus Oklahoma Sooners kickball I'm talking about the 94 Arizona team and the 2021 Oklahoma softball teams it's going to make them put away their bats and do kickball but we're going to have to delay that and instead we'll get a home run derby between Laura Espinosa from the 94 Wildcats and Jocelyn Allo from the Oklahoma Sooners. So Jocelyn Allo goes first. And not going to lie, they both get one minute. They both get one minute. Starts off a little slow, a few ground balls, took a strike or two. Then she rolls five straight. Misses one. Then hits two more. Then she hits three more. Misses one. And then she hits five more again. And then, boom, she hits one. And this is this is in Oklahoma City. She hits one real deep, way out of the stadium for number 16. And now she has about 10 seconds left. Uh, well, 15 seconds. Ground ball. And then four straight home, including one that looked like it wasn't going to make it, but it goes right over the goes right over the wall, just barely, and boom, that's twenty for Jocelyn Allo. What is Laura Espinosa going to do? And it looked like she was game at first, three straight home runs to start off with, and the third one was just way out, way out. The fourth one was almost foul, but it curves back in. So now she's at four home runs in about 15 seconds. 
So she starts to slow down, hit a few ground balls, and she picks it back up with six straight. Now she has 10. Now she has 10. And then she hits two ground balls, and she hits three more. And it doesn't look like she's going to catch Jocelyn Allo with 20 seconds left. And she hits three more home runs, and she's running out of time. And basically, she ran out of gas, two ground balls, and a pop-up that just didn't reach the wall, hit the warning track. And boom, Jocelyn Allo wins 2016 Home Run Derby. Round one for 2021 Oklahoma Sooners. Hopefully the kickball game happens next week. But for now, Jocelyn Allo wins the softball home run derby between those two. And that's it. That is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. It's like, nah, man, let me get a laser. All right, all right, I'm out, dog. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.